Welcome to the Web Caves. Uh, I'm Daniel Hummer. I'm here with Bobo. Bobo, how the hell you doing? What's up, you syphilitic cockfart? Oh, you know, I'm just hanging out, doing my thing. Uh, vibing. Like syphilitic cockfarts do. You know, just... Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyday stuff. Uh, we're here to talk about the top 10 comic book filmmakers of all time. Uh, this is going to be a big one. There's not too many to choose from, but uh, there's a good amount here. So we're going to rank them. Uh, Bobby, you got some news for the people? You got anything to fucking add? You know we got mean? some fucking news. A little bit of fucking news, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the news. All right, dude, the Don is, is back. Donning that? the iconic yellow Wolverine costume in Deadpool 3. Big news. That's big fucking. I mean, I I'm excited for that. I think that's gonna be fantastic. Uh, I think he's gonna look like a dipshit, and I think he's gonna purposely look like a dipshit, like for the for the funny aspect for the movie. Uh, Hugh Jackman in the yellow suit, huh? It's still gonna be cool to see. It's gonna be exactly It's gonna be really cool to see. I'm I'm excited for it. I'd rather do this than get a new Wolverine right off the bat. So, yeah. No, I'm not mad at it at all. I uh, I think it's gonna be cool. I mean, everyone. It seems like the news nowadays is just bringing people back for shit on both sides. Like, who who's coming back this week to do this? But I think it. Uh, I think it'll probably. Turn, I mean, it's gonna turn out good. Hugh Jackman's a great actor, and uh, I'm sure they're gonna have some fun with it because it's Deadpool. Hell yeah. And uh, Armor Wars Disney Plus series that is being converted into a full feature film starring Don Cheadle as War Machine. Yeah, that one's a bit more unique. Uh, it's kind of weird that they're going with this TV show for War Machine, but I actually like the character, so I'm not mad at it. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, I also enjoy War Machine, but to be honest, I don't think he's a character that's worthy enough to have a full feature movie. But, I mean, I'm still going to watch it open-mindedly, but like I said, I just don't think he's a, a big enough character to have a solo movie. You don't think so? No. I mean, Don Cheadle, I mean, he he's enough star power. I mean, that was a pretty big choice for War Machine anyway. He's a pretty big actor. At least he was around that time. So uh, <laughs> I I think he could, I mean, he he's good in the role. He's, I mean, War Machine's a dope character. And it he probably does seem a little lost without, like, Iron Man and shit right now. So 
And they gotta they gotta some way some way put him in the Iron Heart shit, right? When they do that. Yeah. So he's gonna show up again. No, I don't. I mean, I'll watch it. I don't like. It's not. It doesn't peak my excitement level, but I'll watch it. I mean, yeah, I'll still watch it. Marvel's been really going with these kind of B-listers lately. We kind of. Yeah, I know. No. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, but. No, I'm excited for that. I think it'll be good. I like uh, I like Don Cheadle's War Machine so far. Uh, one of my favorite parts of Iron Man 2 is his War Machine. So. War Machine. Yeah. All right. Well, right. Well, the rest of the news is pretty fucking stupid, so I don't really think there's much more. That's it? That's all we fucking got? All right. I think that's all we fucking got to, so let's fuck off on to the next topic, <laughs> which is going to be the fucking god-awful fucking She-Hulk series. Hey, hey, it's actually picking up. No, I mean, I'll, the last 30 seconds of the newest episode, I'll give you picked up. I could give a fuck about Jen's failed love life, dude, and I don't need to know this shit. Yeah. But it's nice. I mean, it was kind of like she 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 found someone to connect with, and then he fucked her. He ghosted her, and he he's cloning her phone and shit. The things I will get positive about the episode is again they brought back um, the Mill Blonsky, and then they got they introduced a few new mutants that we haven't seen before, like Manbull and that masquerade looking dude. Those Did are you mutants, like them? So. They were interesting, I guess. I've funny. seen Manbull in a comic before. I'm pretty sure it was when I had a free trial to the, the Marvel Unlimited app. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I know he's a mutant. And I know the other guy's a mutant. Starting to get some mutants in here. I mean, other than that, and, like, they, they, find, they have a blood sample of She-Hulk now, so we'll see where it goes. I mean, it's turning. I mean, the the story's not bad. I wouldn't say it's riveting television either. I don't think it's pushing the needle forward or anything. But uh, it's not doing anything special. But it's not a bad half hour comedy. If you can ignore, I'm not. I'm pretty sure the last episode's next week. It's that, or we have two more episodes. You haven't really enjoyed this journey, have you, Bobo? No, not particularly. You think it sucks? I think it does suck. <laughs> Alright. I, uh, I give this episode a 7 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I guess I would agree. I, uh, I kind of like the little storyline, uh, of this week and I always like seeing Abomination come through I mean not Abomination but his alter ego or whatever the f- fuck Emil Blonsky Emil Blonsky I like Abomination I like it when he turns into Abomination better but it, it was fun kind of the group uh, therapy session a little bit them kind of helping her get over right. the, like it was nice it was and 
it was a nice little twist because I thought it was going to be the guy that tried to take her blood the first time. Yeah. I thought he was going to try and do something at that retreat. Yeah. So it was a nice little turn of events. Yeah. I agree with you. So I still think it sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you want to move on? <laughs> you want to keep shitting on She-Hulk? Well, needs to be good. <laughs> no, I thought it, I mean it was okay, but I, I didn't love it. I haven't loved it this whole time. I, it's it's weird. It's weird that it's in the MCU. It's weird that it exists, but I, I haven't gotten so bored where I want to turn my TV off. So it's better than Midnight. Right. Definitely fucking not. Better. <laughs> I was waiting for him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it was way better than that fucking show. But, uh, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, House of the Dragon, House of the Drizzy. Uh, you and me have very different takes about this epi. Uh, Drift, Driftmark, right? That's the episode title, Driftmark? I believe so, yeah. Uh, episode 7. We're, we're kind of knee deep. We're we're like setting we're setting up the war here. We're setting up kind of the civil war between the greens and the blacks. We're starting to see sides kind of form uh, between Renera and Alicent and Aegon eventually. Uh, what do you think, Babo? I mean, I like the episode. I found Alicent to be very, very, very fucking irritating <laughs> and annoying. Yeah, <laughs> like. Very fucking irritating. But other yeah. than that, the episode was like a nine out of ten. Okay, I'm going nine out of ten as well. I uh, me too. I don't mind Allison Hightower. I, I think Olivia Cook's doing a great job. But I do see the things you're saying. I, I think that to me, it makes me kind of. I, I really dislike the character. But uh, I, I I think the actress is doing fine. Uh, I th- I think the performance is all right in my in my eyes. But uh, I do I do one thing I don't like about this show so far is it seems like they really want us to just like Renera and be on the black side. When I was hoping it'd be more of like because it's Game of Thrones and everyone makes mistakes and they have shown Renera making some mistakes. But to me, the tone of the show has kind of been like, root for these guys and fuck these guys. Like, fuck the Greens, you know? Uh, maybe it's just me, but that's how I'm seeing it so far. I would agree. Yeah. I think they're and, starting to show the difference and people are starting to choose sides with the kids. Yeah, but like, who, like, as a viewer, you're not choosing Aegon and Aemon's side. They you look like little pricks. I mean, Danielle was kind of defending Aemon earlier with the whole uh, eye situation. So maybe you you could be rooting for the Greens a little bit, but I to me it was hard to find them likable. Aimed a little bit, but I was still like the spoiled little fucking brat. Like, fuck him. Nah, bro. You if know. I was that little kid with that knife, I would have went for the throat, not the eye. <laughs> I agree. Prince Jaharis, I think it was Jaharis, right? I would have killed that little motherfucker. First of all, first of all. You don't take my aunt's fucking dragon the day after she fucking dies. Two, you don't. Two, you don't fucking stand up and punch my little girl cousin in the fucking face. And three, you don't hit my little brother in the face with a fucking rock. I'm, I'm slitting your fucking throat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
right. <laughs> He's right. Uh, no, I mean, yes, but he did have a point. You had it wasn't the next day. I, I'm not sure when the funeral was, but I think a little time had passed. Yeah, but it was the day of the funeral. It was the it day was of the, the funeral, night of the but funeral. also the night. Yeah, it was but that night, said, dude. It wasn't the night of her death, though. That's what I'm saying. No, it was the night of her burial. Exactly. The night of her burial. I understand all that. But he has a point. When he said, uh, you've had, like, why didn't you fucking take the dragon? Like, you should have, like, got on your shit. When she was like, well, I I was going to claim the dragon. He's like, well, why the fuck didn't you? He's got a point. She didn't have to earn it. Yeah, but why, why not bond with it, though? If it's given to you, why are you like, no, I'm going to go play Xbox? Like, fuck, like, what else do you have to do, dude? Bond with the fucking dragon, and then it's yours forever. Like, and that's dude, what he did. it was literally the day of her mother's burial, dude. No, I, I, she didn't have to do it that day, but, like, I, time after to me, I, that's something I would not, and trust me, I'm not rooting for the kid. I just said it's hard to root for these people. But I'm saying if you're going to make a case, like, he's got a point. To where he's like, you've had a little time, like bond with the dragon, and then he won't. He'll tell me to go fuck myself, and we're not having this conversation. You know, like why didn't you just do it? Then I mean, I saw the dragon he wasn't bonded with, so I did it. I mean, I I see where he's coming from a little bit. I do see it a little bit, but I I, I do agree. He's a he's she not really fuck. Heard, She did not have to fight for it. No, she didn't have to fight for it, but. Maybe maybe make that on your priority list. <laughs> like, oh, like today I'm gonna wake up. I'll go bond with the dragon. But uh, I I don't like the greens at all. I think it's and one like a twist. Spoiler alert! But a twist that they're they deviated from the books already. And uh, one big way in which Lenor doesn't die in the show. They they pretend to have him killed uh, because they have to. Eventually, Renera and Damon get together, and they, they want to get married and fucking unite the bloodline and fucking get some incest magic going here and <laughs> fucking combat against the other side. Well, the other side is going to wed Aegon to his sister. Yeah, no, no. They're doing the same shit. But they, At least this is uncle to me. Yeah, they, they feel like they have to do this to go against the Greens. And to go against the high towers and shit. So that's what, but Lenor has to die. Now in the books, Damon's like, all right. And he has Lenor killed. And that's the end of it. There's no hints. There's no nothing. Lenor gets fucking popped. And then to me, if you want to make it more like a civil, like, oh, the fans are picking sides, greens or blacks, you would do it that way. Because then it's like, oh, Renera did something really fucked up there. Right. Especially after she said it's all good that he's like, it's cool that he's gay. Like she didn't, she like, when she was like, you're a good man, you're an honorable dude. He's like, I wish I was born, wasn't born this way. She's like, well, I do. You're fucking dope. And then she just had him, has him killed. Like she would look really cutthroat, but instead I think the show like, it really wants us to like root for that side. So they're like, no, she, she actually gave him a way out. And now he's, you know, fucking off somewhere else on a boat. I think he's going to show at another point in the story, like him getting away is at the end of it. Oh yeah, I think I think. Or you think it is the end of it, or is it? No, I don't think it's the end of it. He's going to appear later on in the season again. Okay. Do you think that twist uh, helped or hurt or anything, Bobo? Or no, no. I mean, no. 
Yeah, it's just a. I think we'll use him later on for sure. Yeah. And I feel like they're starting with the switching sides. I felt like pe- fans would have gotten that way during the argument when they were arguing about the the eye taking Allison's side being all oh, the kids are bastards versus it doesn't matter. It still has Targaryen blood, whether it looks like one or not. It's still technically Targaryen, has Targaryen blood. Yeah. Exactly. So, no, I I feel you. Uh, I think uh, I think this episode was to me it was one of the best episodes. I thought it had all the political intrigue, a lot of shit that's been building up so far. It really came. I agree like, for everything else about the episode besides Allison. Like I said, I find her to be very fucking irritating, and I can't wait till we get in the storyline where that bitch is fucking Kaputskis. God. Yeah. I believe if they follow the book, it is going to be a minute, but uh, I guess we'll see. They might they might switch from that, too. They might ever get her head chopped off next epi. Who knows? <laughs> you never know with this yeah. show. But uh, I thought... I, thought I hope that, you like, enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought that five-minute scene, like, after he lost the eye, that whole scene was just badass. I liked everybody arguing. I, I see. I didn't mind. I'm glad she like finally went crazy and went to fucking stab out the kid's eye. And then she stabbed Renera. Renera's like, see, this is who the fuck you are. They finally see it. Fuck you. And then she, she's getting out her grievances and stuff. Like th- these two sides are really against each other now. And you even see it. We've seen the Cole. sides take form. There was a bunch standing next to Renera, and then it was just Kristen Cole and the Queen. Yeah. And you had the chorus Valerian and stuff on the one side, next to Renera. Yeah, they were behind the mirror, yeah. So, I mean, you do you have your two sides. And I, I like Eamon when he's like, Ma, it's cool. I didn't need the eye. I got a dragon. <laughs> that was the one scene I was like, oh, fair play. Yeah, they're married now. Yeah. But they're definitely going to be going at it in the future. and It's going to be fun to watch. I, li- I like how the king's just like that dad. It's like, like can we just all get along? Yeah. <laughs> can we just all go to fucking bed? I don't care who's lost an eye. Like, I'm sick. I'm old. Let's bounce. Yeah, I know. Like, the, the king was definitely funny. He was like, there will be no more of this. <laughs> You'd be dying Good. Take your own, take your wife's fucking tongue, so I don't have to hear her fucking yap anymore. <laughs> I don't have to hear her yap. Nah. Yeah, it was, it, the king was, had me dying. He was funny as fuck. <laughs> like, no, we're not, we're not fucking talking about this. Let's go to bed. As much of, like, as a bad and a weak king he is, he's one of my favorite characters in the show because he's, like, all around, like, a good character. He's, like, a good guy. He's got a good heart. He might be weak, make wrong decisions. He's funny. He's an aggravated old fucking man. His goal is a good goal. They did do his character right, for sure. George R. R. Martin even said the the show did it better than the books, so... Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think the character, I, King Viserys, and you're really going to feel kind of bad when he finally dies, too. And you're going to know shit's about to go down, because you're really getting that feeling that everyone's just waiting for this old fucker to croak. Yeah. You know? Like oh, yeah. Every, 
I'm Everyone, really, even Renera. I hope they give us an epic fucking battle of Damon versus Sir Crispin in a sword fight. I want to see Damon whoop that fucking dude's ass. Damon and Sir Crispin. And another thing, and a, a reason, and this is a huge spoiler, but a reason I'm glad that they did the whole thing with Eamon bonding to the dragon. Because, by the way, that's the biggest dragon. I'm pretty sure that's the biggest dragon. And, uh, it's the biggest dragon right now. The Battle of the God's Eye. alive. He's the biggest. Okay. And the oldest. It's actually, I'm pretty sure the dragon's a she, actually. I think Vagar's a girl. So the oldest, the biggest. They get into it, the Battle of the God's Eye. Him and Eamon versus Damon on Damon's Dragon. And they're just, it's a dragon battle in the sky. And I cannot wait to fucking see that in the show. And that better be a 10-minute scene of just them going at it on Dragon Back. That would be fire. Literally. Literally be fire. That that'd be something yeah. we we need to see. And uh and you'd be happy because I'm pretty sure young Eamon loses that one. The young kid. Yeah, because I know damn well that throughout the series, Vagar's Eamon's not the only writer of Vagar. And neither yeah. was Lena. No, he loses Vagar, I'm pretty sure. I know for a fact there's a third and final one. Yeah, but it's exciting. I'm liking the, the show so far. I think everyone's doing a good job. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like this episode. I'd stay by 9 out of 10. Yeah, I would agree. It would be 10 out of 10, but that bitch had to open her mouth. <laughs> dude, she's not that bad, dude. I know. I, fuck, I actually really like it. And I listened to an interview with her today, Olivia Cook, and she's like, she's really smart and she gets the character. You're just not feeling it. I'm not. I find her very irritating, dude. Very okay. fucking annoying. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> you want to talk about the meat and potatoes, Bobino? Hell yeah. All right. What the fuck are we doing? Top 10 comic book movie filmmakers, either director, writer, or even executive producer. An EP? An EP, Doc. All right. All right. Who's going first? You want me to go first? Sure. All right. My number 10 filmmaker is a recent filmmaker who has just recently entered the comic book industry, comic book filmmaking industry. And uh, that man's name is Matt Reeves, the man who directed the Robert Pattinson Batman film. Yeah. I, for one, was very pleased with the movie. When they casted Robert Pattinson, I was very, very doubtful. But when I watched it, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed the movie. Robert Pattinson is a very good Batman, and Colin Farrell, or Pharrell, however the fuck you say his name, he's the best Penguin I think we'll ever get. Same thing with Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. She's the best we've ever had and I think we'll ever get. Yeah. And the way he made Gotham look and the way Gotham was represented was honestly the best. I think Matt Reeves, but the way he represented Gotham was the best version. The second best, even though I fucking hate 
all of his comic book movies, and he's not on my list, Tim Burton. But Matt Reeves is definitely the best one to represent Gotham. Yeah, Matt Reeves really understood the character. The only thing I would say is I think he went so... I think he slowed it down a little too much. He did. He slowed it down and made it a little gothic, but... Yeah. I get the tone, and like he tried to fit, make the character fit Gotham, rather than I understand why he did that because like it's Batman and Gotham, but it could have been yeah. done a little bit better. But the reason why he's at number ten is because he's only made one movie, and so far it was really good. But he's only made one movie. That's true. We'll see where he goes. I I I, I guess they signed him on for a multiple movie project with DC and I know he's doing the that Penguin series with HBO Max with Colin Farrell. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm I'm excited for that series to be honest because his performance as the Penguin was honestly very, very, very fucking good. So Colin Farrell did a damn good job. That, that movie was good. Uh, it was one of the best Batman movies in a long time. So, hundred percent agree. Who's your number ten, Daniel? My number ten is another man that uh, so far it's just one movie. I have a feeling in a couple months here, when the second one comes out, we'll uh, we'll have a different tune and maybe it'll be a little higher. I went with Ryan Coogler, the man behind Black Panther. All right. I mean, he also directed like Creed and shit, and Fruitful Station and big Michael B. Jordan movies. So he's like a pretty huge director. But his work on Black Panther, that was a worldwide phenomenon when it came out. So it was. He's and this man. new one looks really good. The trailer just dropped. That was the other thing for news I actually forgot to bring up for the news is the new Black Panther trailer. But it looks amazing. It looks very and good. Very good. The fact that he's going to pull it out without his like lead star there and it could still be really good uh, this man he's had a lot on his hands and so far he struck gold I mean Black Panther yeah, made 1.34 billion you know yeah he, he made some big movie or he made a big movie and I think he's going to make another one so yeah I went with him right? yeah, I definitely agree Black Panther was a phenomenal movie. One of Marvel's, honestly, I would put it in Marvel's top five movies they've made, like, ever, and, and excluding the MCU. Like, MCU or not MCU. I think Black Panther's in top five Marvel movie of all time, for sure. I, I would probably agree with you. Who you got? We're on our number nine? Yeah. All right. This is a controversial one. But my number nine, the infamous dude that put nipples on the bat suit, Mr. Joel Schumacher. I cannot believe this. Uh, yeah. Uh, Batman Forever that, is actually the under- ensemble of Batman uh, with Val Kilmer. I forgot the name of the movie. God damn it. Batman Forever? Yeah, Batman Forever. That ensemble of the cast and the way that movie portrayed, that was a very fucking good movie. 
And yeah, his George Clooney movie did suck, but I felt the Val Kilmer movie really fucking landed, and it like really brought light to Batman in the nineties. Like really brought a lot of like attention towards Batman in the nineties. I do think it landed, and I think it was entertaining, and it was a good addition. Yeah, for uh, sure, definitely during that time period. Like, dude, you got fuck, you got Val Kilmer, and you got a young Jim Carrey, and you got. Tommy Lee Jones. Like, how can you not land with that movie, dude? And you got Chris O'Donnell. Household yeah. name. No, uh, I don't think it's enough to take away from how terrible Batman and Robin is, though, bro. Batman, get, yeah, I that movie was terrible. But that's he's why talking. he's at number nine. He did make two movies. And you're talking about a franchise killer. Like, Batman Begins was in 2005. They had to fucking shut that motherfucker down for a little bit because it was no, so bad. Fucking, I mean, would you, would you, you have to shut a franchise In my opinion, the Tim Burton movies, I didn't like them. Michael Keaton's Batman movies, I could care less for them. Like, comically, they're very incorrect. In my, in my eyes, the movies are very incorrect. You don't have Batman in the very first movie revealing his identity to a woman he just met. But, and, like, a lot of the other, like, quirky things in that movie I didn't really like. I liked when Joel Schumacher came in with the Bell Kilmer movie and he kind of took what Tim Burton made, and in my opinion, he elevated it. And, yeah, he I, he massively shit the bed with the Batman and Robin with George Clooney, but he elevated it with Bell Kilmer and, and Jim, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I would. I think me and a half of America would disagree on the Burt movies, but uh, Joel Schumacher did do something interesting with Forever. Uh, Batman and Robin, it's fun to have a few beers with your buddies, hang out, and fucking watch it. So, But it is also kind of one of the worst superhero movies ever made, so there's that, too. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Joel Schumacher's an interesting choice, R.I.P., all right, my number. You just shit on the guy, so it's kind of hard to do a a drum roll. But I went with Tim Burton. Damn. Because uh, he made he made Batman, you know, a household name, movie wise. Uh, you're talking about four hundred and eleven million dollars uh, in nineteen eighty nine. It's a big fucking deal. I mean, Batman sixty six in the show was big, and people knew about Batman from the serials and the, you know comic lovers and the old super friend shows and stuff but like people were getting tattoos of the bat symbol at this point this is when it was it was a worldwide phenomenon and there's a reason for it uh he brought he brought that gotham to life before matt reeves did and before kind of christopher nolan killed it a bit so burton there are huge pluses to burton films do they age they as are. well as, as some other ones I definitely Maybe not. Agree. there definitely are pluses to burton's movies like okay. the way he represented Gotham and like the gothicness about it. Yeah, there's there's it's things he does right. Nicholson's Joker was really was really well done. It's just like honestly, like the things he did with Batman, excuse me, are the things that I didn't like about about the movie. You could tell that he wasn't a comic fan, and I know that's what bothers you about him. And to be honest, it's I, exactly I get that. Because like, how can you be praised as one of the, like the best? Like being the director of the greatest supposed 
allegedly the greatest Batman movie of all time, and you're not even a fan of comic books. Like, you are generally known for disliking comic books from the universes, and yet you let this guy lead a franchise. Yeah. I, I, I agree, but I do think he did a really good job. And you, I, you didn't like Returns either, but I, Returns is one of, like, my low-key favorites. I, I think that Danny DeVito had a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I bet he had yeah. fun, but that was probably one of the worst fucking, like, per, like castings and performances of the movie that I've ever seen. Comic I thought he movie was being fucking weird, and I enjoyed it. I uh, love Danny DeVito, but that was probably, in my opinion, like, his worst performance in his career. All right, well, what do you got, motherfucker? Who's your number eight? All right, my number eight is a pretty big fellow fellow down at Disney Studios. Was the lead of the Iron Man movies. He's redid the Lion King live-action re-movie. He's the EP on the Spider-Man movies and was also an actor in the MCU, and his name is John Fairview, also known as Happy. Oh, Happy? Well, happy. John Fairview, he made all three. He was a massive filmmaker on all three of the Iron Man movies and the Captain America movies and had a big hand in Tom Holland's Spider-Man movies. Pretty sure he's personal friends with um, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he is. And he's, like, very high up in Disney Studios. Like, this man is one of Disney Studios outside of Marvel and within Marvel, like, one of their biggest executive producers. I mean, John Favreau's the man. I I just watched him the other day in The Replacements. I forgot he was an actor, too, back in the day. He is. John Favreau does everything. He's in Friends, man. He's an actor. Yeah, he's in Friends. He's in fucking... He's in King of Queens, dude. What's up with Kevin James? He was the one who was making fun of him for him licking the trash can. And now he's the director... He was the director of a multi-billion dollar franchise. He is. John Fairview is a very big deal. The only reason why he's so far down my list is because other people who I have favored more in their movies I favored more. Because I'm not the biggest of Iron Man fans, but the movies were very good, and John Fairview is a fantastic writer. No, he is. He is and they are. You're not wrong. Who you got, number seven, or number eight, dog? Who the fuck do I get? Guillermo del Toro, the man that bought uh, Hellboy to life. I know Hellboy isn't your favorite. I, however, I grew up with these movies. Ron Perlman did a very good job at Hellboy. Ron Perlman did a very good job. And my boy uh, Guillermo brought that all to life. I mean, he fucking... That, that I like the I like Guillermo del Toro's like weird like mystical horror shit because like I'm not I'm notoriously known for not being a horror movie fan but like his some of his like weird um like horror movies he did are like pretty interesting. Yeah, he's got a pretty crazy uh, IMDb. The man's done a lot of stuff. He just did Pinocchio for God's sake, but he he's been. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a legend in the game, but I, I think what he did with Hellboy, I would I would have loved to see him do something else for like Marvel or DC. I would see I would like to see Marshala Ali be Blade, and I would like to see Guillermo del Toro direct the Blade movie. 
That would be really good. He did, though. Did he? Yeah. He did the original Blade with Leslie? No, he did Blade 2. Okay. He didn't do Blade 1. He did Blade 2. See, I think he'd be good for Blade, and I also think he'd be good to do, like, Doctor Strange 3 if they're finally going to actually agree to bring in Nightmare as the villain. Yeah, you got a point. I would love to see that. Uh, I I think he'd be the perfect director for that. I like Guillermo del Toro. He does really good at dark tone stuff. He did a good job with the Hellboy movies. I like the Hellboy movies. I used to watch that movie the whole time with my mom when I was younger. I've never seen the Hellboy movie. You've never seen no, the Hellboy movie? Yeah, I was never interested. I know, I'm sorry! Clay from Sons of Anarchy is fucking Hellboy. Hellboy. I think that's what turned me off, because like, I don't really care for Clay. I don't really care for Sons of Anarchy. Like, we don't need to get to that conversation. <gasps> what the fuck's going on here, dude? Alright, uh, is it my pick? I don't know what's your pick. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's fine. Number seven. Yeah. All right. We're going to go with a dude that has directed all of the recent Spider-Man films. My favorite superhero of all time. And that man is Mr. John Watts. Oh, shit. Man, knocked it out of the park with Homecoming. Knocked it out of the park with Far From Home. And absolutely knocked it out of the zip code with fucking No Way Home. He reimagined Spider-Man for the new generation. Made over a billion dollars. Yep. Individually. Yeah. And are two of the top four of the MCU's biggest movies. Financially. Yeah, and he's my pick in this slot here. I agree with you. I uh, I had John Watts in my number. We're at seven, right, or six? Seven. Seven, yeah. John Watts, my number seven, too. Uh, he brought Spider-Man to the new generation, and him and Tom Holland created something magical. So, Homecoming, Straight to No Way Home, it's, it's all been good. I'm very excited for the next time they get to bring them two back together in the MCU. Me, too. I would even like to see him do, like, a team-up movie. Does he, he show see, that he I, I could see him. I could see John Watts doing a Daredevil movie. I could see him doing, like, honestly, anybody from New York, like, like any of the defend Marvel's defenders. I could see him doing a movie for them, like Spider Man. I could see him even doing a Deadpool movie. He's shown he can do an event type deal, like with No Way Home. Yeah, because that was a lot of characters and a lot going on, and he made that work. So I think he could do some. Some big shit. I feel like he could do the new wave X Men. Maybe. Or even I actually I honestly believe they have John Watts build to be part of the, the Fantastic Four. I might not be correct on that, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that he's a part of that. Yeah. Which would be good. Oh, that'd be really good. All right, so you want me to go with my number six? Yeah, let's get it. All right, let's, let's see if we'll have the same one this time. I went with the dude that put the Australian man in the bat suit. And his name is Christopher Nolan. 
Really? Yo, dude, yep. now, now we got the same pick. Huh? <laughs> now we got the same shit. Yeah, Nolan's my pick for this slot, too. Uh, ah, shit. He, he made Gotham realistic. Uh, whether you like that or you don't like that, the choices that he did with Batman, I, ex- I, I, I like Christopher Nolan a lot. And I think his shit's kind of underrated now because people, I mean, a lot of people really like Ben Affleck's Batman, and that's great. He was great. But uh, Christian Bale's Batman with Christopher Nolan was not, like, ass, like some people try to say. The Dark Knight, to me, is still one of the best movies ever made. Uh, And Batman Begins is really fucking good. And, I mean, we won't talk about Rises, but (laughs) uh, his trilogy was good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I like Dark Knight, but not nearly as much as the rest of the world did. Yeah. And but Batman Begins was my favorite of the three movies. I could really care. I tried watching Dark Knight Rises on two separate occasions, and I fell asleep both times. Not sense. a fan of Tom Hardy's Bane whatsoever. You hate it. I hate it. He's much better as Venom, even not by much, but he's. I can't say much better as Venom. He's slightly better. Yes, sir. No, All yeah, right, yeah. well. Yep. I'm going to have you do number five since, well, my last two were your same ones. Let's see if our number fives match. Yeah, quit fucking stealing my shit, dog. Uh, oh, I, went with, <laughs> I went with uh, Patty Jenkins. All right, we definitely didn't match this one. I had to put a little vag on my list, and she, she's killing it lately. Uh, her Wonder Woman is, is amazing. Uh, the first one. <laughs> the first one's really good. There, there wasn't another one, right? Yeah, it was just the first one. It was really fucking good. Uh, she, Are you on going down a fucking hill right now? Yeah, I'm going down a tunnel. But uh, Patty Jenkins... That first Wonder Woman movie is like almost a classic. It's one of the best DC movies ever made. I agree. So we won't have to. We don't have to talk about 1984 or whatever the fuck because it kind of sucked. But she also she did make some choices with that that were unique and it had a good cast and you know yeah. It was a movie. No, the, <laughs> but the, first, the, the first one. No, the movie sucked. Oh, Danielle liked it. Well, she can talk about it. Yeah, I like it. I don't think you said it. I'll give it an eight and a half out of ten. No way! Holy shit! All right. The first I agree with that. It's a comic book movie, man. Like they that movie, movie was like a fucking six at that. Man, Bobby, I mean, no one cares if you Fuck you. <laughs> no, like Wonder Woman is or eight and a half. But yeah, Patty I'm Jenkins upset. Is great. I'm upset. Patty Jenkins is a I'm great busy. director. She killed it with Wonder Woman and uh interesting take on eighty four, so all right, who do you got? Number five. All right. I'm going to get bring the dude in for my number five pick who is the first person to bring any superhero to the big screen. 
And that man is Richard Donner. Oh, shit. The man who brought us Christopher Reeves as Superman. But way back in, like, 1972 or, like, 1974. Okay. Yeah, this dude is the one who paved the way and showed the world in a very tough era, because back in the 70s, people were very fucking close-minded, very fucking narrow-minded as well. You could not fucking introduce those kinds of people to new things. They were not interested in it, and they were very stuck in their old ways and, like, their religious views and shit like that. And then when you got a big fucking big blue boy scout with a big ass on his chest, and he's wearing fucking underwear on the outside of his pants, flying around with superpowers and shit, like... Generally, if people heard that idea, they would think, oh, this is fucking stupid. And he's he's the person who showed the world that this would work for a movie. And look at where we're at today. How many superhero movies have come out since Richard Donner's first Superman movie? Close to 100 now? Yeah. He paved the fucking way, dude. Without him, we wouldn't be talking he right now. He showed the world that Superman movie, superhero movies would work. Yeah. And he used the biggest hero at the time, and even still to this day, they used him. It worked. It did. No, Richard Donner's a legend. Uh, and he's got, like, the Donner cut of Superman 2, right? Yeah. Like a better version of it. Uh, yeah. I was recently, I was about trying to watch Christopher Reeves' first Superman before this podcast, but I didn't get a chance to, but I'm going to soon. Yeah, Richard Donner is a legend in the genre for bringing, I mean, he's the first person that showed you that a man can fly on screen, so. Fuck yeah, dude. What do we got, number four now? Number four. No, who's your number five? Oh, yeah, Patty. Yeah, who's number four? All right. My number four, I went with the man that brought the Guardians to the galaxy He's also the man that, uh, you know, he brought the Suicide Squad back to prominence after a shitty first outing. And uh, got the, same. the revolutionary, I think our rest of our list might be the same. So I'll just let you go for the next one. But uh, J- James Gunn. I had to go James yeah. Gunn. Peacemaker's I one agree. of the best superhero shows on TV. Peacemaker is the highest rated superhero show of all time. It beat fucking WandaVision. It's higher rated than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's higher rated than Loki. It's higher rated than Smallville. Superman and Lois. It's the highest rated superhero show ever. That's crazy. It's a great show. <laughs> it is. People love it. I'm like, dude, when you got fucking John Cena as the head of your show, dude, being fucking absolutely raunchy and ridiculous as the peacemaker, and James Gunn is the kind of dude who has that same kind of comedic, twisted mind, and then you have John Cena with the same kind of personality to lead the show, dude, it's going to be gold. Yeah. And that dude that plays Vigilante, he's fucking gold, too. He's like a fucking <laughs> a random dude found out of the crowd and fucked him in the movie, and he was an absolute fucking... Strike. Was one Strike of my he was hilarious. And John and Economist was a fucking legend. Played the old racist father. Like, it was a very good show, dude. Like, it was a very, very good show. Economist, motherfucker. Can't forget. Can't forget. John. John and Hardcore. Uh, 
Yeah, the, I can't. What, like, yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy, bro. I can't. You can't shout that out either. It's one again, one of the best MCU movies there are. Yondu's fucking funeral scene with the movie with father and son with Cat Stevens playing is still my favorite scene of every part of the MCU. I know, like you don't cry in movies, and you were like sniffling. And I was that's like, my yeah, favorite part. That's my favorite. Oh. that's my favorite scene in the entire MCU. Is that is Yondu's funeral? Go ahead, you sniffling. It did. It was a good part. And like in the song, it's a really good song. Like they picked the absolute perfect song to play during that scene. Like they did a really good job. James Gunn really showed that he could break it down and not just do comedy wacky shit. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. 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 You wanna present number three? I'm pretty sure we have the same. <laughs> Let's see if we have the same one. My number three is going to be the dude that brought us two of the biggest theatrical events so far that we've ever seen, and that would be the dudes that directed Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, and that would be the Russo brothers. Uh, We don't have the same. They're my number two. Oh, shit. But, yeah, the Russo brothers are fucking amazing. Uh, They, like, the superhero event they kind of made that for movies and like between civil war and uh, infinity infinity war is still like the best superhero, anything I've ever seen that and the Snyder cut are two of the greatest things I've ever seen on, on film. Uh, yeah, there's not enough to say about them. They're so good. Those are my two favorite. Those are my, no, I know those are, the Snyder Cut is my favorite superhero movie of all time, and Infinity War is number three. No Way Home is my second favorite. Okay. But yeah, no, I agree. They brought the big event. I wouldn't say they're the ones who brought and showed you that the big event could work on screen as much as I absolutely hate this motherfucker. Josh Whedon was the first one to do that. Yes, he was. Fuck that guy. I yeah. hope you stub your toe on the hardest of surfaces. And die like Jack Daniels did. <gasps> Absolutely. He fucking ruined DC. That was the DC's opportunity to show the world that the Justice League in a movie is the greatest thing ever. He fucking ruined it. Fuck he that fumbled dude. the fucking bag. He did, man. Like, Andy screwed Zack Snyder over. Like, it's just too personal. Fuck Josh. So he's not your number two. Hey, let's move on to people who we're actually talking about, who are actual, credible, good fucking directors. And that would be the Russo brothers. Yeah. But yeah, they made two of the most highest grossing movies of all time, outside of comic books and comic books. Okay. Who's your number three? I went with a legend of the game. A horror icon and also a superhero icon, Sam Raimi. That's my number two, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. We we're flip-flopped. I'm thinking we have the same number one, too, Bobino. Uh, I'm thinking but, we do. Yeah, David Ayer. But uh, <laughs> my boy David Ayer. The fucking... <laughs> no, uh, Sam Raimi... The the first three Spider-Man movies, uh, if you gave up on superheroes after Batman and Robin, you came back because of that. 
there a lot of young kids grew up with that. It, like you grew up with that. I, I grew up with that. A lot that was a lot of kids' favorite character, favorite anything. That movie, it it encaptured people's minds. You know, and the love story with him and Mary Jane. Doctor, I wouldn't say too much Spider-Man three, but Spider-Man one and two absolutely took over the fucking world. It took over the world. Three. That was like two thousand one, two thousand three. 2002, too, and like in that, like 2001 to 2005, 80% of fucking little boys around America and even around the world were dressed up in Tommy McGuire's Spider-Man costume on Halloween. Yeah. Even to this day, when you try to buy, like, fucking decorations, like, if you go to a party, like, a birthday party store and you buy, like, Spider-Man balloons, to this day, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is still on them. That's crazy. It is. Like, even to this day, fucking 20, 21 years later, dude, his, his Spider-Man still sticks around. And he was just brought back for the No Way Home. Like, Sam Raimi, is a, he's a legend, dude. He made... He brought... He literally saved Marvel. Not only Marvel movies, but Marvel comic books themselves. If that movie would not have been as successful as it was, Marvel Comics would have sank and they never would have released comics ever again. They needed it. He was they Marvel's needed. saving grace, and he absolutely saved them and some. I agree. I agree. Sam Raimi's the fucking man. And he did, he had an interesting take on uh, Doctor Strange. Underrated take. I, I, didn't, I, think see, I didn't really care for Doctor Strange, too. I think I, that yeah, was but, definitely his worst movie in the comic book realm. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say that. I think Spider-Man 3 is still the worst. I think he tried his ass off, though, and he, he was good with Dr. Strange. There was some element that was very Sam Raimi-ish, especially the way like he killed <laughs> off the superheroes. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. All right, should we just go to our number one? All right. You want to say it or you want me to say it? I'll, I'll fucking say it, all right? All right, dude. Alright, our, our, our number one, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest superhero comic book director of all time, filmmaker, whatever you want to call it, Mr. Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah Zack Snyder. Oh, absolute legend. The the Justice League trilogy that is Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman which is still one of the most underrated movies of all time that people shit on and I love to death. And the Snyder Cut, probably the greatest thing in existence. And then we're not Snyder bots, trust me. Those people piss me the fuck off. But I do I do really love the man's movies and his takes on all these characters. The way, he, the way he portrays all the characters together, he does some controversial things, like has Batman carry a gun and hasn't killed people. But even if you read some comic books, Batman carries a gun in some comics. Get over it. He doesn't kill. That's one thing Batman usually never does, but whatever, I guess. But he makes up for it in all the other aspects of, of Batman and, like in the movies. and like He made the best Superman movie ever created with Man of Steel. He made The Watchmen, which was... Arguably one of the most rated comic book movies of all time. 
I mean, I understand why a lot of people don't like him, and, like, the only thing I see about people that they don't like about Zack Snyder is his use of slow motion. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but it's not something that, like, takes away from his movies, because, like, if any fan, whether you're a Marvel fan or a DC fan, if you give the four hours and watch the Snyder Cut from beginning to end, you will absolutely love that movie, and you will see why DC movies can and will work at some point once Warner Brothers gets their head out of their fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, just his, his take on all these characters. And he's not perfect, all right? I think there's more than just slow-mo. Some of his movies have a, a couple of, not story issues, but a couple of things, like him killing off Dick Grayson will always be a point of yeah, contention. like that, I don't agree with either. And, like, is. Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor again. That wasn't a great casting. I don't think the kid did bad at performing as him, but I don't think he should have been casted. Yeah, I think Eisenberg sucked. And I love Jesse Eisenberg. He's one of my favorite actors, but he was not me. No, I think, but I think that whole thing was more... uh, I don't think he should have been the guy to create a five-chapter plan. I think he should have just been the director for some of these movies, which they kind of put a lot in just one director to kind of create this whole universe. Uh, I think they should have done like what Marvel did with the Russo brothers, and they should have brought Zack Snyder in to do the Dark Side War story. And 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 then while Zack does like Superman or Superman movies or Batman or Flash or whatever, but... I mean, yeah, I honestly am saying the same thing you're saying. I do agree, but they definitely should have brought him in and, like, keep him as the big event dude. Because, like, he, Spider Cut is my is my favorite superhero movie of all time. It wasn't an official movie. It's not canon because of legal reasons and stupid fucking bullshit. It should be canon, though. It's the movie so- was fantastic, dude. It brought Martian Manhunter in, dude. It's got the fucking, it's got the Trinity, it's got the Flash, it's got Aquaman, it's got fucking Cyborg, it's got fucking Darkseid. It's got all these things that are so damn good. It's it got had all the biggest fucking things in DC Comics, dude. And then they, like, I don't understand how fucking Zach and Zach was working on that originally with the original Justice League, and he had that, and then the tragedy within his family happened, and Josh Whedon had this golden fucking blueprint in front of him, and he just erased it all and started from scratch, and then just made that dog shit of a film he made. I'm guessing you didn't like it. <laughs> no, the 2017 movie, absolutely not. Josh Whedon took everything Zack Snyder had, and he erased it and started over again and used and just ruined it. Mm-hmm. Zach had a lot of good... Batman versus Superman had the warehouse scene, which is still one of the best fucking Batman scenes of all That's time. The Probably best the best Batman. Batman. That's the best live-action Batman, like, physical scene of Batman we've ever seen. And it's got the, the, the fight. The warehouse scene and the fight. Those two things, because it might not have lasted long, and it might be marred by the Martha, but it was fucking amazing. And seeing like yeah, this guy like being—that's another controversial thing. I will give Zack Snyder that Martha scene was pretty fucking stupid. But like these ignorant, like narrow-minded people, fans out there who are like it just takes away from the movie. Like, no, it doesn't, dude. It's a fucking no, it three-second fucking sentence that's said, and then they move on and act like it never happened. 
I don't mind it at all, and I think it's fine to connect the dots. You can just forget about it, dude. It's not like it's controversial to the plot, dude. Just fucking forget about it. Who cares? Yeah, their mom has the same name. They're bonding over it. It's not like, yeah, it's over. Like, who gives a fuck? The movie was almost fantastic. Like, you've got Superman and Batman fighting each other, and it shows the world how incredibly intelligent and strong Batman is for being a human being by taking out the most powerful being known known to man. And then you unite the Trinity for the first time ever on yeah, screen. You get the Trinity lined up for Doomsday to show up, and then they give you the death of Superman storyline to yeah. set up the Justice League. I don't understand how people can hate that. Like, that was absolutely fantastic. They brought Doomsday to life. Like, that was a great movie. Great movie. Doesn't get enough love. But, uh, yeah, Zack Snyder, to me, is the best comic book filmmaker of all time. I don't know how he would do with certain things, like his Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't want to see his Spider-Man. You and me are... No, I hear, he's, I hear he's in the running to be the Avengers Secret War director. I think he would do good as, like, a Marvel event director. I think he honestly would do good at that because it's a huge, like, action-filled event kind of war. So, like, I really feel Zack would do very well at that. I agree. I honestly think Zack Snyder is one of the best directors to shoot, like, action and battle sequences, like, in movies. Because, like, if you go back and, like, you look at the old, the dark side versus the old gods in the Snyder Cut, that fucking battle scene is one of the greatest fight scenes I've ever seen in the movie. And then you fucking even go back to the 300 movies, like, those war scenes way back in the early 2000s of the 200 movies, or the 300 movies, like... Those action scenes were fantastic. That's true. It's very I true, definitely agree. He's the best comic book movie filmmaker of all time. He's my he's my personal favorite, and I hope he gets the chance to do more. Yeah, me too. And I think he will. I'm excited to see Rebel Moon when it comes out. His like yeah. galactic That's take. Star Wars. Yeah. So. Fuck yeah, that was our top ten comic book filmmakers of all time. Hell yeah. Uh, you know what we're doing next week? We were supposed to review DC Leagues of Super Pets. Did you watch it? I w- I'll watch it if you want to do that this week. I, I didn't watch yeah, it. We can no. I already right. did watch it, but we can do it next week. Alright, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'll watch it. We, I don't know what you want to do next week. We can talk about it now, or we can just fuck off and figure it out. <laughs> Let's fuck off and figure. It out. I have a couple different ideas, so we'll, we'll we'll get we'll 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 get in the headquarters and talk about it. All right, dude. We'll go to the Hall of Justice and we'll discuss. Yeah. And for everybody out there, make sure to join the Facebook page, join the Twitter, Instagram, all that shit, and. uh Join the fucking family, the WebK family. Let's fucking let's uh let's make a million. <laughs> All right, Bobby. We're gonna get there someday. All right, big Bobito. You know, we'll see you next week and uh we'll see everybody next time. All right, dog. Peace out everybody. Peace. Personified, and I will try.